What's up, guys? We are back. Uh, we've got a post-spring game, High Street Freaks, and uh, we're coming at you. We are uh, Ryan and Kevin. We have a website together, believe it or not. I think we we fail to mention that every every podcast almost. But, um, you know, our, our podcast is associated with meetatmidfield.com, which is famously where we write and post words online. At least uh, I think you're a more prolific poster than I am but I think I have you beat on the article count. It's true. It's true. I am at my heart, just a message board guy. Uh, I have been, I think we talked about, I, I probably posted this online somewhere. I don't know if I said in our podcast, I have been actively posting on message boards, basically close to daily since I was like 12. Like, <laughs> it's like, so good. I've been posting on message boards for more than half of my life, like comfortably more than half my life. Um, can't help myself, and, dude. It's just but, it's just who I am. The thing is, like, you post too. Like, I'll look at some of your posts, and they're like paragraphs. And it's like, brother, just write an article at this point. Like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> so I, don't know. I, it should, I get it. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just really funny. Like, sometimes you'll just be like so deep in a take train, and I'm like, dude, like, yeah, just like copy and well, paste this. And put a header I, I'm trying to get top. better at that. Yeah, I will try. I, I've been trying to like when I have a long post like that. I've been trying to link to it in the front page if it comes across an article, basically. I, so. I used to I used to do that in skull sessions though. Like I um I like there'd be people like bitching at me in the comments and I'd like get like three paragraphs deep in a reply and I'm like, fuck it. I don't get paid to comment back to you. I'm just gonna put this in the skull session tomorrow. Like Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, but yeah, if you if I you want to argue <laughs> if you want to argue with with Ryan online, um you should uh subscribe to meet at midfield.com i promise yeah and you just the, have to breed coming... actually that's true yeah <laughs> we do want you to subscribe but all you really have to he do will is find be you. online he will find you yeah <laughs> but if you want the more personal experience subscribe to meet at midfield.com and uh come come hang out with us in the forum i promise i will be more active in the forum in the the coming coming weeks and months it's just been a weird weird period over it it at the old website but uh yeah man i guess we for the the last time until like august we had some actual on-field football to talk about but i had a really fun outside of of the weekend or outside of the game i had a really fun nice spring weekend and you know who else had a really fun nice spring weekend our good friend brian hartline um <laughs> for those of now you who are for those of you who are okay. not chronically online enough, uh, he got into a little, um, he flipped the, the. sorry, I, I've learned that there is a difference between an all-terrain vehicle and a utility terrain vehicle. And allegedly- He called his a side-by-side, -side, right? Is what he calls his? Yeah, it's a UTV, a utility terrain vehicle, which is not the like four-wheelers. So it's like one of the like, the like ones where I, I don't know it's like one of the hunting ones or something like that i, I am not outdoorsy enough to know what these yeah. are god help you if you like are listening to this and you're just cringing at me trying to describe what the hell he flipped but it's like one of the like ones that's kind of like a golf cart but faster is my understanding so yeah man i don't know what, what's your take on this so i mean funny first thing to say off the bat is like I well, guess look, we, this, 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 so this is a free episode, but it's this is some premium information. Our friend Matt Brown of Extra Points reported on the meeting behind the midfield paywall that he was drinking at an Ohio State sponsored fundraiser beforehand. 
Um, yeah, I guess that's the key point dr- that I left that I left out of this is that he wasn't just like he didn't just flip it. He he didn't pull a Russell Wilson on a golf course or whatever. Like he he was intoxicated or at least was drinking before he this happened. So continue. Yeah, um, I think that. Hmm, what is my take here? Well, look, he was getting drunk at an Ohio State sponsored fundraiser event. Um, getting drunk at an Ohio State football game and then going home and crashing your UTV on a farm is one of the most Ohio man things you could ever do. Yeah, man. That is <laughs> like, I'm trying to book my football game. I'm driving home 40 minutes. I'm going to keep drinking more. Then I'm going to get drunk or then I'm going to crash something. That he is Ohio as shit. Like that guy, he may have asked NFL aspirations, uh-huh. but that is an Ohio boy to his heart. Yeah. Uh, that is 100%. Honestly, and you think about his whole life born and raised in Canton, goes to Columbus for school, moves to Florida for a few years for professional reasons, immediately comes back to Ohio and builds a, a big ass house and goes and gets drunk on his UTV and rides around and gets hammered at Ohio State football games. He is living the Ohio man's dream. Yeah. No, 100%. And I think, like, obviously, it's not great. Like you don't want to put yourself or others in danger in that situation. But like, if you're going to drive drunk with somebody in the passenger seat on a UTV on your own property is about as good as you can, as you can do it, you know, like all things considered, um, he's probably going to get punished for it by Ohio state. I'm sure he'll get some sort of slap on the wrist suspension or something like that. But like, but also maybe not because remember when um, Greg Schiano, like, flattened a biker across his windshield and then just like went to practice. So I don't know. I, I yeah, <laughs> I do remember that. Uh. <laughs> my, we, uh. We've talked about this before, but my favorite part of we'll get back to Brian Hartline in a second, but I have to address this. My favorite part of that entire incident was that Bill Rabinowitz, who broke the story for the Columbus dispatch, didn't even write an article on it. He just tweeted it just like Greg should draw. It was a very fucking... serious accident. He he, Rabinowitz <laughs> is the fucking god, dude. It was um, so funny because, like, I I think Tim that was when Tim uh, Shoemaker and Eric Sager were still uh, writing for the yeah. Warriors, and all of us were just like baffled. We're just like, what the hell? Like, he just like sent the tweet and then just logged off again. Like, I it was it was fascinating. Have you, I mean, I'm sure you have. I think we talked about it before. His videos he does after every, like, game yeah, or man. spring game where he just, oh, him just, like, do it for reading the spring heavily game? in the background. Oh, uh-huh. And he, every single one of them was in slow motion, too, was in his, like, DVR slow motion. I love it. So I love it. <laughs> he had a clip of, like, you know that, that past CJ Hicks broke up with Kyle McCords that he should have picked off? Like, that yep. out route. There's two of them. But, like, the out route to the uh, to the short field, the short side of the field. Yep. Uh it's like a throw where it was like a quick, a quick drop back, a three step drop back, and McCord fires on it. It took like eighteen seconds for that clip because it's of so good. Is, uh, <laughs> so it's so good. He rolls, and- dude. Anyway, back to the, to the heartline question. Just to turn about the heartline really quick here. He's a fucking idiot. Like he is a moron for doing this. We should also have the context we should add here is it's not the first time he's had a drunk driving incident. This yeah. is obviously look. I'm not. It's not the same thing as him having a crash out in the roads, or whatever. He is on his own property he someone else in the car with him a friend of his but by all accounts like willingly in the car justin fry was also there apparently by the way i still line coach that's been kind of reported Makes uh, sense. This is he was involved in the crash it was yeah. there uh both heartline and this guy were ejected from the vehicle uh the you know heartline's sister found him laying in front of the vehicle um but i don't know um 
Well, I'm trying to, I don't know, dude. He's just, it's a fucking, he's a fucking idiot. Like he's also before previously when he was in Miami, he crashed his car into a parked Escalade and then fled the scenes when he could cop the DUI. So he just left his vehicle at the scene of his crash. So he wouldn't get the DUI. I mean, like, I, I'm not, that's not known, but like, why else are you leaving your car in the scene right. of crime? Unless you, yeah, right. there's, there's no question of what it is. Right. So yeah, I mean, he's done this before. He's still doing it. He also has posted videos fairly recently of his kids, like his little kids riding around crazy on their like UTVs or whatever in his field. Like, he's probably a little too reckless. He was clearly drunk based on all the reports. He very well could be charged with a DUI if they want to, or OVI, whatever Ohio calls it. Um, he's a moron, but also, like, it's not that big of a deal, right? He was on his own property. It was the funniest part, <laughs> I think, to me, actually. I don't know if you saw this much. I know you're not as on the other message boards as I am. Some of our friends, I'm not going to name any names. I like these people, but a few of our friends on a few different websites were deleting any posts speculating whether or not he might have been drunk when he crashed his UTV on a Saturday night at 1.20 in the morning. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, man. thanks. Thanks for, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for keeping the name clear there, boys. <laughs> I love that. Like, like that's just reckless speculation. Like, come on, <laughs> you crash your UTV at 1.20 in the morning. Like, but what else were you doing? You know, I don't know. That's that's incredible. But I think I think my favorite part is um, if you like read the replies. Sometimes I'm a, I'm a reply reader on Twitter because it's just the best content ever. And the opposing like fan bases who've replied to this story is so funny because it's like clearly the like the like I I can't. I cannot tell which ones are sincere and which ones are just like fucking around is like how, how they come across with the, like he should be fired and never employed by another school ever again. And it's mixed with perfectly with the people who are like, I think his punishment should be, he has to come down to Gainesville. And so like between yeah, the two, yeah, yeah. between the two fan bases, like the two styles of tweeting, that like obviously the incident is not as serious as they're like tweeting about it i don't know it's just very funny like the reaction across the board is very funny to it because it's like yeah yeah i don't know it, it's a it's a perfect mix between man this guy should come coach my football team and you would think <laughs> that he like murdered a family yeah i mean look here's what's gonna happen is they're gonna like dock him some pay over the summer or something he might have some like midsummer suspension he shouldn't miss any time for a game uh Maybe he has to work on it. He has to get any vacation days the rest of the year. I don't know. Like, whatever it is, a small fine, some kind of punishment. Uh, who gives it? They're probably going to make him go to AA for a few weeks or something. Yeah. I don't know. Who He is a fucking moron and needs to wise up. But also, who gives a shit, really? I think the, the, only, the only good news here is that maybe it will make an, an opposing... Uh, school think twice about hiring him as a head coach at this point maybe not so. <laughs> maybe not but like i mean a guy gets drunk and flips his at like does that sound like a dude that's like ready to like be the face of uh i don't know like maybe that's too tanky but like in a world it probably impacts like, the nfl thing like the fact that he now has two drunk driving incidents like 15 years it, apart and and it, yeah. it 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 seems too takey but also like when you have a track record like first off he has said that he doesn't want to be a head coach or coach anywhere that he doesn't have a chance to win a national title like that sounds like lip service but like that to me means that he's not going to go coach like boston college or something like that 
And a team that has a conceivable chance of like going playing for a national title is not gonna make like does not it doesn't seem to me that they're just gonna roll the dice on like I don't know. That that's my thing. Like it it might actually like lead to some second thoughts. It's like, oh, is this guy, you know, mature enough to lead a program because th- we live in a world where Steve Sarkeesian existed at um, USC and like was, you know, like I, I understand that that's like, a, that was a more severe problem and I'm not like diagnosing Brian Hartline with alcoholism or anything yeah. like that. But like, that's, you know, you, you do have to be. I'm diagnosing Brian Hartline with like being the kind of guy who's friends with Kirk Barton. Brian Hartline is a dude from Canton who would hang out with Kirk Barton in his free time. Right. There's also, uh, I, I hesitate to repeat any rumors that I can't really confirm or deny, but there's been some rumors of Hartline's activities at a bar last year yeah. that, involved, that involved a bar owner paying off some patrons with free drinks and not post any videos of it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's, it's a pattern and like people that are making big money decisions like that, like they hear all of this stuff. Like we, It's the same yeah, shit with Urban, right? It's like exactly. Ur- Urban isn't like, I don't think Urban's an alcoholic. But I do think he is prone to making stupid choices that will embarrass you. And like that's just not what you want if you're I, here's the thing. I don't think it'll affect college head coaches at all because most college towns, the media is completely subservient to the university and they don't really give a shit. Yeah. And also like you, you know, Hugh Freeze and Bobby Petrino are still getting higher places. <laughs> but fair. like, but but if you talk about <laughs> I don't know, I mean you talk about the NFL team, they might they might pause on him. Yeah. So also given he just said on that Bustin' with the Boys podcast that he defined he calls himself definitely an NFL guy. Yeah, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe maybe someone uh, someone inside the family was getting in on. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Some someone pulled a nut loose on Hartline's UTV. that's our new conspiracy. Uh, I'm rolling with that, but yeah, that's man, fun. Outside of that, I guess that was that was probably the most entertaining thing that happened out of the spring game. I know we are both pretty much on the same page that the spring game is like completely useless, right? Like, I. I don't know. Like I, I have never been a huge, to be clear, I watch every one of them. I have, I went to every spring game when I was in college. I didn't go this year. I like going to them. I think they're fun, but they're totally useless, right? Like it doesn't really tell you anything. Yeah. I mean, as everyone else, it's a, it's a common line. I'm not the one that read this, but it's one practice out of 15, right? Just the only one you get to see all the way through. Right. And um, so like, so in that vein, you had a good tweet, um, Rarely, rarely do you have a good tweet, but yeah, this time you did. Um, and it's not, it, it's, it's one that like sounds like a joke, right? I'm pulling it up. It, it actually sounds like a joke, but I really don't think at its core it is. Um, so you said, I think I'm in the 0.1% of the most insane college football fans alive True. and not even I can get worked up about this shit at all. This shit being the spring game. There is almost yeah. nothing to be gleaned from this. And then your next tweet is the one I'm talking about. And it says, unless there's anything that happens or that happens that reconfirms my biases and assumptions, in which case it's ironclad proof. And so like that sounds like a joke, but that is actually the 100% correct take in a spring game, because unless you see something that confirms anything else that you already have reason to believe it's pretty much useless. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about. Um, Like, for example, if, you know, some random walk-on comes up and, like, 
explodes for 250 yards or something like that, and you haven't heard a thing about him the rest of spring, that means you can probably dismiss that performance. Good or And that work is good or bad. If somebody comes and absolutely shits the bed when they've, by all accounts, had a great spring, you know, like when Justin Fields went out and completed like four of 13 passes or something like that, and you, you know, heard everything else about him, um, that's probably a good reason to throw that out. So what I'm saying is, if you've already heard something or already have reason to believe something, and then you see it happen in the spring game, that's the only thing that is reasonable to like jump out at. So that's kind of what I want to talk about. The first one is we have been concerned about the offensive line the entire spring, really before spring practice even started right after the season stopped uh, or ended. We were kind of talking about this and I'll be damned. The offensive line sucked ass on, on Saturday. Um, what, what, what do you, what were your thoughts when you saw that happen? Well, yeah, it seems like this was always going to happen, right? Like they, yeah, yeah, they suck. Like they're not, (laughs) like, I think that's the clear answer. And it's worth noting that like, look, they don't have their projected starting center or like they, they have, you know, a red shirt freshman and a guy who's fucking terrible playing center right now. The guy, who everyone seemed to think is going to win the job was out. Um, you know, like the right, but the right tackle spot's a real problem. It is a real, real problem. And, and like the IC defensive line is also pretty sick this year. I think that's also fair to say, like, mm-hmm. you know, JT Tumaloa, Jack Sawyer dudes, like Kenyatta Jackson looks sick. Caden Curry's been very good already. The D tackles are, are, are very impressive. Like, there's a lot of guys on that line that I like, I think Ohio state's going to have one of the best front sevens in the country. Like, and like it's on the very, very short list of that, probably like the top two or three front sevens in America. So it's getting pass rush, you know, getting pass rush, uh, a crazy thing to expect. Not at all, but also it shouldn't happen that much. Shouldn't happen that way. And I think that that right tackle spot is, is a real confirmation of a problem. I also didn't love the way Kyle McCord played. Like, I think that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's again, it's a spring game. It's vanilla offense. There, there's yeah. pressure. I think that's the thing too. That's the thing too, is it's like, that's another thing that like Ryan day has never come out and been like, ah, Kyle McCord, he's awesome. Or like the offensive line, the right tackle position. He's awesome. Like they they've, he's never done that. He's always couched it with like, we believe in them, but he's it's inconsistent or, and that's what we saw, you know, like Kyle McCord, he, he looked fine, but also he was inconsistent. I tweeted. I think that my favorite part of Kyle McCord so far is Marvin Harrison jr. And like, I'm not sure that's really a bad thing. But like, cause if, if he is just good at like facilitating the ball to the receivers and to be clear, like the other knock on the other problem with him is like his receivers weren't necessarily there, you know, like Marvin Harrison jr. Played like a portion of the game. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, yeah. Emeka is out and uh, Fleming's out Fleming's out. So like, like I, I get yeah, you're it. You were seeing Xavier Johnson, Carnell Tate, Noah uh, Rogers. Xavier Johnson is out too. Okay. So, so it was <laughs> Noah Rogers, Carnell Tate, Jaden Ballard and right. Kate Stover drops a pass or call that. Yeah. Um, again, that was cool. But he also like, again, I'm not trying to read too much. I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to keep saying, I'm not trying to read too much into it. That just say something that sounds like I'm reading too much into it, but that's how it goes. That's the game. Yeah. Just go with but, it. Look, the thing with Kyle McCord that I have been bitching about for a couple of years now is that he is just since high school, he is overconfident in his arm. He has a good, not great college arm. He's not like, you know, he doesn't look like Joe Milton out there at arm strength. Right. He's not like, he's not whipping the ball around. But he has a good arm, but he trusts it too much. And like even that highlight that was going around on a few days before the spring game, where he like you know quote unquote dropped the pass to the bucket to Marvin Harrison, which just if Lathan Ransom was good, would have been a pick. 
Uh, <laughs> but yep. uh, he just like thinks he can get the ball anywhere, any point in time. And maybe against some of Ohio State's corners in practice, you actually can do that. Or some of their safeties in practice, you can do that. But CJ Hicks should have intercepted two passes by himself during that game. Um, there were a couple others that should have been picked off. Like he just puts the ball in harm's way a lot, especially when you, it's not like it's a risk reward thing where he's hitting a ton of deep balls either. Yep. Like he's not necessarily, like he, like he had that ball to Jaden Ballard where he didn't quite get him on, on the right range. Like sure the one to Colonel Tate was nice. That's cool. But like, he's, I don't know, man. Like, I think That's, it's probably going to be fine. Like Ryan Day's quarterbacks are always fine. Like he's going to get a good result. But I'm not sure if it's Kyle McCord or not. I really don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked Devin Brown won this thing. That's the thing is like, if Devin Brown's going to break his hand and Kyle McCord's going to have the spring game all to himself and like Ryan Day is still going to say like, oh no, it's an open competition. So, you know, like, like Devin Brown still has a chance to win the job in the fall. Like to me, like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm starting to talk myself into Devin Brown actually starting here because like by all accounts, it seems like Kyle McCord has had every chance to earn the job and he just hasn't done it. And so I, I don't know, man, like I just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens, but I think your assessment's perfectly like spot on with, he is more confident than I would like him to be because I, he's, he's not CJ Stroud. He's not CJ Stroud. He's not Justin Fields. He's not Dwayne Haskins. And like, to be fair to him, those are all like, you know, generational college quarterbacks. Like they're extremely yeah. talented. They're and those like guys weren't those guys right when they started too, right? Exactly. Um, besides Justin Fields, I, I'd argue Justin Fields was, you know, fair enough. that for yeah. a very long time. But um, part of that was his athleticism and not his arm. But anyway, um, but I think the thing is with McCord is like, I, I don't think he is that he's those guys. I don't think he's naturally those guys. I don't really see evidence of him trending necessarily in like, that like superstar direction and that's fine if you know your role i mean we live in a world where stetson bennett just won back-to-back national titles what you're describing is a guy that is overconfident in his ability is what concerns me if he came out there and just wanted to andy dalton it and be like a game manager or something like that to the best wide receiving core in, in the country that's like perfectly fine to me and to be fair like he hasn't really had that chance at least in front of people um because you know, his receivers haven't been healthy. They haven't been healthy all spring. So I, like, we really don't know. It'll be really interesting to see how these guys both perform in the uh, fall when, you know, by all accounts, they have a healthy receiving core around them. But I don't want a guy with this receiving core that's just going to take unnecessary risks. I want a yeah, guy that's going to yeah. hit the wide open receiver and not try to drop a ball over somebody's shoulder or something like that. Like there's going to be wide open guys just hit them. Well, look, you can compare it to like Mac Jones at Alabama, right? Like he was yep. in between Tua and Bryce Young, who were generational college quarterbacks who had incredible individual skills and making amazing things happen. And Jalen Hurts in that list too. Uh, and when he got there, he was like, well, look, we've got the best receivers in America. Let me just simply hit the open guys and let them do their thing. And that's like, he didn't turn the ball over much. And that's all you need from Kyle McCord. Like if Kyle McCord can just stop doing that shit and stop convincing himself he's Jesus Christ, and just like hit the open receivers, of which there I'm sure there'll be plenty. That'd be great. And it'd also be cool if those guys weren't Kate Silver very often because he will drop the football. Uh, but besides that, that's that's my only complaint. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, JT Barrett was not a, like did not have a great strong arm or whatever, but like he won a lot of games by just like throwing the the um mesh route across the middle to Paris Campbell. Like that's yeah. at some level, you just gotta like realize what your offense is good at and just like 
execute the play. And that's what concerns me is it's like, dude, you don't need to throw this absurd ball over your back shoulder or like off your back foot when there's a linebacker that can jump the route. Like you don't need to do that. Just throw the ball away. You're going to have another yeah. down. You're going to get, you know, 10 yards on three plays with Ohio State's receivers. You're just going to throw the ball away. Yeah. Find him the next play. I don't know. It's just Look, maybe, maybe, maybe we're totally wrong here. And Ohio State's defense is just sick this season. Yeah. But like, I, I wouldn't wish. bet on it. <laughs> Brother, that is, like, that I, is what I want. I want to, I want like, you know, six games into the season to be like, oh, holy shit. Like this, this team is awesome. But I, I mean, yeah. what, Sorry, what over the past yeah. two seasons is, is, you know, given me that indication. It's three. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three really. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know, dude. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling fine about it. I guess the positives we can take away here, the defensive line, nasty. Yeah. D line is, is sick. Uh, even against that gun, that old line, the linebackers look very, very good. Everyone who's out there, Gabe Powers on team attack goes, he looked very good. He's like the, yep. at the highest, he's the fifth linebacker on this roster. So if you can sort of make your linebacker, he's the sixth linebacker. So Gabe Powers, I thought looked awesome. CJ Hicks was flying around. Um, study styles are pretty good. I thought the corners were mostly fine. Um, although there was that, that play by Noah Rogers where three walk-ons all missed tackling him. That touchdown he had. Everyone was pretty hyped for that Noah Rogers touchdown and shout out to him for scoring. I did afterwards look up, I couldn't tell which players were on the field. Uh, they were in fact all walk-ons. <laughs> Those were happen. three straight walk-ons who missed the tackle. That'll but happen. hey, he's still got to score the ball. So he still scored. Shout out to yeah. him. Um, the receivers look absolutely filthy as we can expect, like even the backups, like Jane Ballard, I'm not exactly fond of for a few reasons. You know, he made a great sideline catch, that one hand to catch. No Rogers had a touchdown, Carlton had a touchdown. Uh, like the guys behind the top four are are barking for a spot here and playing pretty well. Yeah. Caleb Brown was pretty good. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, so yeah, I'll, oh, and all, and weirdly, like is as good as the receivers were, like I didn't think the corners even looked that bad. Um, in a lot of cases, I think like, you know, Denzel Brown broke up a few passes. Uh, um, I don't know. I just, I think that was, that was another one of those where he had a couple plays where I was like, oh, okay. Like I can, I can believe what, um, was said about him during spring. So I don't know all in all, I just, I, I didn't come away like that pissed besides the offensive line. That was really concerning. What was also really interesting chip chip did look good. Yeah. That was, I mean, that, that was, uh, I mean, he was really the only one that played. Well, I guess other guys played too. Dallin Hayden played a lot too. Um, obviously, Jordan yeah. Henderson didn't play, and that's not a scenario where you're gonna, you know, work your running back too much, especially with the issues Ohio State had with yeah. running back health last year. But he did. He did look. Yeah, good. He looked fast. There was the Make a Wish touchdown for Archie. That was cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love very that funny. One. They counted those points for the offense. By the way. Yeah, uh, that's how bad it that? was. They counted that. And the, and the stats. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that's, that's, that's a tough look when you need a, uh, how old's Archie these days? He's gotta be like 70 something. God, well, he won the Heisman at what? 75 was the second Heisman, right? Yeah. So, He's gotta uh, be in his seventies when you, yeah. When you need, when you need a, um, 70, we're, we're I had late sixties, early seventies, late sixties, early seventies. He's 68. So when you need a 68 year old yeah. man to, to pad your stats, that's uh holy shit. Yeah. Did you know Troy? He was moving 38? a little bit though. You know what? For a 68-year-old man, he was moving he a was. little bit. He was, yeah. He he had the I like the touchdown celebration too. All in all, it was, it was it was solid. I just I love the thought of like Ohio State trotting out like a grandpa instead of like a kid with cancer. Like it's just like Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Did you speaking of touchdown celebrations? Did you see the Penn State one in their spring game? Oh, the one where like that you tweeted about where Aller had way too much time to throw. That's like oh, not even that one. That one actually that was that was a score. But after that play, uh, Omari Evans for Penn State, uh, who is let's see, is he a true freshman? Uh, he is a redshirt freshman who uh, scored for Penn State in their spring game. He's he celebrated by spinning the ball in the end zone. Like, you know, guys do like it's top, whatever in the end zone. Uh-huh. And uh, James Franklin sprinted over to scream at him and tell him he's going to get the team penalized for doing that. And their strength coach made him do push-ups on the sideline uh, for celebrating a touchdown during a spring. That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard of. That's like, that's the sort of shit that's like, we talk about how how James Franklin just like wants to be Urban Meyer. Like that's basically like yeah. he's like modeled his program after. That's the short sort of shit that we mean. Like that's what like yeah. James Franklin thinks Urban Meyer would do in that. Some situation. hardo bullshit. Yeah. yeah, I mean Urban Meyer would get hard on ever doing that. He'd be like, "That guy's a great coach." Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, also man. their strength coach. They had a, they had a report this spring. I, I just happened to be reading some spring coverage of Penn State. They had a, a, a freshman linebacker who enrolled in January, right? So he's only been there for a few months, just got there. It's what he enrolled a li- like three months and 10 days ago, right? Maybe if you're looking at it that way, he, they said he's already put on 29 pounds in their strength and conditioning program. Do you think putting 29 pounds in like 95 days on a player is a smart move? That is one of the most insane things I've heard. Their SNC is in hell, dude. Their, their videos are SNC in the offseason. None of those guys are on a squat correctly. That is a bad SNC program. Yeah. That I mean just want to get that out there. That doesn't that just doesn't sound healthy in like any capacity. 30 to, pounds. Yeah. They're doing an, yeah. an, an opposite day version of the biggest loser at Penn State. Um <laughs> I love uh, they're that. doing the whale. Yeah. Uh, I guess they, they really are copying Ohio State's uh, program. That's yeah, why. yeah, yeah. But um, you know who else uh, is supporting putting 30 pounds on all of their members is Home Field Apparel. Home Field Apparel is here to fatten you up um, <laughs> with their patented cozy uh, bomber jackets. That's right. The, the bomber jacket collection's flowing. Even even following this, they got a bunch of new gear out. You've been, you've been paying attention? I have. I have. It's. Uh... I, w- I saw the Tennessee one that they put out is like awesome. The, every now and then, yeah, dude. Home Field puts something out that I look at it and I'm like, damn, I wish I rooted for that team. But like, that's the hard part. The hard part is whenever they they drop off, like, I'm just too much of a hater to buy things for other teams. I appreciate that we have people who buy stuff for all kinds of teams. Yeah, I can't do it. I'm not that guy. I can't. Yeah. Do it. Especially I, like, like if it's if it's somebody who's like profoundly unthreatening to Ohio State, like that's fine. Like Appalachian State or something like that. Like like something that like a team that's never like I don't know like a Mac school or something. Like that's fine. I don't care. Like rock rock whatever that shirt is. But like I could and regretfully, I like legitimately think Notre Dame gear and Michigan gear. It looks so cool, and it looks like yeah. like especially the vintage stuff. But it's like I'm not wearing that. Like I I'm not like. The, yeah, the like vintage looking stuff that they do, like, but I, I can't, I can't. And you know what? I, I was talking, I was actually talking to my wife about this. We were looking at um some, some vin- we stumbled across some vintage Notre Dame stuff and it hit me that like the reason why that stuff is so cool is because like, that's when Notre Dame and Michigan were good. Like is like <laughs> the nineties. And so it's like, it's like yeah. peak nostalgia. It's like, oh yeah, like this is, you know, like that's, that's when they were good. So like maybe the Ohio state stuff that they're putting out now will look like really cool. And like, 20 30 years or something like that but um 
yeah, that's that's kind of my take. Is I just I hate how cool, uh, specifically home field stuff is. Like like that Tennessee jacket that they just put out. Like man, if I was a Tennessee fan at all, I would be all over that. My uh, my nephew, my oldest nephew, wants to go to Tennessee, and I guess I should really consider consider purchasing that for him. He's a they live in Chattanooga, so it's not that insane, but. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, ten, I mean, I don't know. Tennessee's a fun place to go to school. I have a client who's a big, I have a client who's a big Vols fan. I have a client who's a big Gators fan. I have a few SEC clients out there uh, that are big, big college football fans. I think that they, um, I don't know. I mean, Tennessee seems cool to go to, right? Like, Knoxville's a pretty decently sized city. Yeah, it's fine. They're, yeah, you know you never have to actually worry about, like, you know, winning titles or not. It's kind of just yeah. having fun with the season. Like, you might right. get a fun 10 and 2 season. Players don't beat, get beat Alabama. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, their Indiana gear is sick, by the way. Home field. Like, I mean, that's, that's yeah, I, obviously he's an IU grad, the whole deal, but like that is, <laughs> he is bringing the heat for the IU stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, so if you, but yeah, yeah. If you're listening so if you, to this. If you're a fan of a, if you're a fan of Ohio State or a team that doesn't like Ohio State but has cool gear, go shop at Home Field Apparel. Use the code Media Midfield for 50% off. Um, yeah, what else we what else we had to talk about today? We had some recruiting stuff. Is that right? Yeah, I th- I think the the last the only like spring game thing we didn't touch on was I thought it was interesting how much Marvin Harrison Jr. played in the slot. Did you did how much of this game did you watch? Did you did you watch the whole thing? I uh, I was late for a birthday party, so I watched the first three quarters. Had to leave for the fourth. Okay, so you probably saw it. I I think I think that's the only thing that's like really like interesting to me. Um, now obviously like I don't think he's going to get anywhere near the reps he got in the slot. Um in the actual season as he did in this game, because yeah. the reason but the, why, he but did the big because, slot is huge in the NFL right now, a hundred percent. And so like just him being able to do it is going to bolster his draft stock, which like, I don't think that it needs bolstering. I think he's doing just fine. But um, I think that like, that's, that's a big move for the NFL that he can prove that he can do it. And two, like it is a matchup disaster for especially college teams that really don't see that a lot. Like I think college, the college game is very much still the, you get a speedy slot guy and um that kind of just is what it is there's not a lot of guys that they're not a lot of they're not there aren't a lot of teams that are being super creative with the slot position um but i i do like the concept of putting a big possession guy in the slot like that and kind of seeing what they're going to be able to do with it um so they they did i think all three of his catches on saturday came out of the slot so that'll be something that's interesting to watch obviously when uh, Emeka Abuka's back and, um, you know, Xavier Johnson's back in the spring, I think he's still going to play mostly out wide, but I think that's a, it's an interesting wrinkle. And I'm glad um, if they're going to do interesting wrinkles, I'm glad that they're tossing that in there instead of the punt return shit that they were trying at the beginning of the season. Yeah. I mean, more ways to get your best by the ball is cool. Um, I don't know. I don't think I had any really like hard takes coming out of the spring game, except I think like, CJ Hicks has got to play. I feel like that's yeah. apparent. Um, the D line is going to be sick. They need a right tackle badly. They probably need a guard or like an interior line player too. Like I, I'd be this kid out of Wyoming is getting to be. I don't know if all this transfer kid, yeah. transfer kid of Wyoming. He, yeah, he I guess we we absolutely. we can hop we can hop right into the recruiting here. I think that's with the with yeah. especially if we we hit on transfers because they they have to get a tackle right. Like they have to, and I think yeah, they have to get a guy. What really pissed me off here is I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to comments that Ryan Day made a couple weeks ago. So like he was asked about getting a transfer tackle, 
Um, and this was before the spring game, whatever. And he basically like wouldn't commit to it. And he was like, you know, like we like the players we have. It's not that we don't believe in them sort of thing. We'll have to see what happens. Like essentially saying like, we'll see what's available and see what we want to do. And like, I sincerely get that. Like I, I sincerely, if you had a guy and you wanted to give him a shot and you wanted him to think that you believed in him, um, like I sincerely get that. But my thing is this was never your plan. You were never wanting to put Tegra Shibola at right tackle. Like that was never your plan. You always wanted to develop a real right tackle. It just didn't happen because your recruiting sucked. And so your backup plan for that was always to go to the transfer portal. And you saw how many times they whiffed on tackle recruits last time the transfer portal was open. It's very clear that they were trying to bring in a transfer tackle last transfer portal season. And when it didn't happen, and they just freaked it. Yeah. That's yeah. When it didn't happen, that's when they're like, okay, well, we're going to move some players around. We're going to see what we have in the spring. And so it's not the same thing as you having a guy that you thought was going to be the right tackle and then it just not working out and you like kind of being like, oh, fuck. Like this was already the backup plan for your backup plan. So I don't have a problem at all, and I don't think you should have a problem at all with being like, hey, it's spring, you know, nobody won the job in the spring, let's go back and see if we can, you know, bring a guy in. And more than that, I think the approach should be, you saw other guys like Brian Kelly, who like, I'm not saying we need to model our entire program after Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly, yeah, yeah, famously. Um, in his in his press conference, basically, like he was asked about tr- the transfer portal, and he basically was like, you know, we're pretty weak at, at defensive back at corner specifically. We're probably going to bring in some corners. And so, like, when a big coach says that publicly, that is a bat signal to everybody across the country. That's like, oh shit, I can enter the portal and maybe start at corner for LSU. It's the same thing at Ohio State. If he comes out and definitively says we're going to look for a transfer offensive lineman publicly, then it's a bat signal to any kid that might want to transfer and be like, oh shit, I can start at right tackle at Ohio State. Or Ohio State. Right it's because he's scared, dude. Like always, he's scared to put himself all the way out there. And it's something definitively because if he declares something, he doesn't just like pussyfoot around, then he has to actually be held accountable for it. Right. Like, yeah, it, it, it he doesn't, would be, he doesn't want to commit to something. Yeah, it would be embarrassing. I will give you this. It would be embarrassing if he came out and said, we are going to take a transfer tackle and then they, and they don't, don't get a do transfer it. tackle. But you know what's more embarrassing is having a fucking right tackle spot cost you a title, like yep. not getting enough good players because yep. you were too scared to go after them. Um, that's what's more embarrassing. Like, oh, God damn it, dude. It's, it's just so it's, it's so clear. And to be to be fair, like I really do think that they are going to get a tackle. Like I, I think that they will. They better. I'll be furious if they don't. They better get someone good, though, because the guy right. they're pursuing right now, according to Alex Fightman of Buckeye Huddle, is this right tackle who's gonna be a Richard sophomore this fall and played for San Diego State, and who apparently Justin Fry recruited out of high school. Uh, but the kid was the most penalized player on San Diego State's O line, probably not a very good pass blocker. Like, if that's the guy you bring in, then I'm pretty pissed off, disappointed. It's pretty annoying. Um, And to, to to be fair also, it is a little early, and I think part of the reason why they haven't probably pursued super hard just yet 
Um, I think there are still programs. Not everyone's spring is over. Their, yeah. their springs aren't over. I think a lot of them, yeah. in fact, quite are not a few. over. Yeah. So um, yeah. it it still makes sense. There's still going to be kids entering the portal after this weekend. Um, so like there's there's still time. It's not like the end of the world yet. But like, but they better go I, and do somebody. They better not mess around with this. Like I, yeah, yeah. They they, it's they not, need. It's something. not. It's it's. Look, here's the thing: is I, also Tegger Shabola, who you mentioned. I think he's going to be a very good player at Ohio State. It's just not a tackle. He's never exactly. been a tackle. I've been exactly. having these arguments. He was a fucking junior in high school. The kid is not. He has. He is a road grader at guard. He also has cement in his shoes and cannot kick slide to save his fucking life. He like. There's a reason Kenyatta Jackson went around him like three times to cause pressure. Yeah. It's because he he can't move laterally. He's a guard. Right. Like that guy's job is to see him someone in front of him and slam his face to the turf. He is which great is great. At doing he, that. He's he, so he is strong. great at doing it. And that, that's the yes, thing. He's. He even said this spring when asked about like the transition, he said like, it's actually been harder than I thought it was going to be. Like I thought it was going to be no kidding. Yeah. You're not playing Cincinnati high school football anymore, buddy. Right. And so, so like that just, just so much, like, I don't even think that he would be upset if it's like, Hey man, you can't play tackle. We gave it a good try. You're going to be in guard next. We really like you at guard, whatever. Like you're next in line for that. Like, He's not going to be pissed. I, like it, to me, it's just no. like it's it's not that you don't believe in him. In fact, it like it speaks to what you think of him that you even tried to you know give him a chance at tackle. I don't know. It's just yeah. It is. I mean, it it's, is it's a, also the just just to go back to the the wheel here with the wheel. Yeah, go back to the well here too. Like so much of the problem was evaluations at high school. Like evaluations of missed recruits, right? Ohio State missed on Blake Miller, who was yeah. a true freshman starter for Clemson, started every game for them, pretty damn good player uh, at tackle. Uh, they offered Trey LaRue over, uh, over Branson Taylor, who is going to be the starting left tackle for Pitt this fall. Uh, Trey LaRue will never play a serious snap for Ohio State. I think he's played eight total offensive snaps his whole career after three years. Uh, and last year, they offered... Uh, they offered Avery Henry, who obviously is an unfortunate offense with his cancer, but I mean, he's generally not a good football player from what we've seen of him, uh, over Ryan Bear. And Ryan Bear is going to you know, be either in the two deep or starting at right tackle for Pitt as well this year. Like, there are three kids from Ohio they could have had who are, would probably be their best or second best tackles in the roster this year, and they just didn't go get them because they had bad evaluation of breaks to draw, and they were lazy. And Ryan Day kept that guy around for two years too long. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the problem. Like, <laughs> you, you can't just like, not do your homework on Ohio kids and have them go elsewhere and go start like or not recruit them hard enough. Like that's fucking annoying. It's right. yeah. I mean, I it's, it's, it's one of those things. It, it sucks. And it happened for so long um, that like, it's now Justin Fry's problem. And I feel bad for him because I, I genuinely think Justin Fry's a good offensive line coach. I think he's proven that, you know, time and time again. Um, yeah. And I, I think he, I genuinely think that was a great hire for the offensive line, but unfortunately, like it doesn't matter, and you're not going to see the the fruits of that for like two, three years. So, um, and that's probably why he's going after guys, by the way, that have multiple years of, of eligibility left. Because, like, you know, every guy yeah. they're, they're looking at the portal or taking in the portal is a multi eligibility year guy because they want to have multiple people who have experience coming in because they realize that once they lose Matt Jones, Donovan Jackson this year, uh, they've got shit behind them. Like, yep. You don't have anyone established there. Like maybe, maybe we're wrong about Jacob James. That curly headed fuck ends up being a good center. Maybe, maybe Carson Hinsman and and Tegger Shabola are ready next year uh, on the interior. Like that all could happen. But like Zed Mikulski looks pretty bad so far. He was always a project tape. Wasn't like a high. He was a you know low two hundreds rated recruit. Like 
there are some talent gaps here and there are also some experience gaps. He's trying to at least fill the experience one because he can't fill the talent one that fast. The recruiting looks really good this year in the offensive line. It will look better next yep. year. But like you got uh, like uh, that's all f- fine and well, and I'm glad he's trying to fix it long term. But like you got to fix it this year too, buddy. It's 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 a title contending team. You gotta go get starters right now. Yeah. Like if they can get that Wyoming kid and a tackle somewhere and move Matt Jones inside and play, you know, some combination of uh Donovan Jackson, uh, uh Matt Jones, and this what's the Wisconsin, I forget the Wyoming kid's name, um Pinyon or something, uh, with Josh Fryer at one tackle and a transfer tackle at the other spot. Like that's, that's a damn good line. That's, that's solid, line. that's good enough. Yep. But like you cannot and even I don't know. I'd even rather move Matt Jones inside and play Tegra at, at right guard, right? Like I'd rather see that shit happen. Right. But like just don't try out Zen Mikulski out there. Don't try out, you know, these shitty centers out there. Like just to go make something happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that is we've been we've been talking about this since like literally the season ended, but that is the biggest Shit, concern. Been... I've been on message board talking about the 2023 offensive line for three years. Like I've been talking yeah. about how long how bad the development problem is like three years out. Uh, I was yeah. on the, the Buckeye scoop back when Mark Gilbert was still there arguing with Ken Stickney and Kirk Barton about the 2023 offensive line. And I'm fucking right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think, I think the thing is too, like, is that this problem was still fixable even like two years ago, if you would have taken transfer tackles, like you're talking about guys with multiple years of eligibility or watching multiple years of eligibility. Like you could have taken one of these project transfer tackles, you know, a year or two ago too. So I don't know. It's, it, it isn't, it isn't actually beneficial to complain about how things went two years ago. Um, But I am going to be furious if the fix to the problem is right in front of them and they do nothing. If they if they somehow do not end up with a transfer offensive tackle, I will be furious. Yeah. I'm uh, uh me too. I mean you have to you're solve the problem. Solve the problem. That's the answer. Solve the problem. Like there were, there were like eight guys in the portal last window last window who had first team all conference at the G5 level or like fresh all American stuff at the at the FCS level. Like there were dudes available and they didn't go get them. And that's because they wanted to give these guys in the program a chance to compete this year. Well, you better have been right. You better have been right. There were guys available because if you fuck that up in the first time and you don't get another, a better guy, the better and the next go around. Yeah. You better be right. That's all I'm saying. You better be right. Cause I mean, I, I just, how many times can you keep messing up with the margins? I don't know. We'll see. Um, recruiting wise, they got Sam William Dixon to commit. That's exciting. Max LeBlanc also committed a Canadian tight end to Tennessee. Sam Williams Dixon is a Ohio kid, high three-star athlete who's either going to play running back or safety. Um, he just moved to Pickerington North, which would be interesting because he played pretty small school ball before this. At, I think Millersburg. Um, so so high level football now for him. Um, that's exciting to see that happen. Uh, outside of that, I mean, I don't know. They have. Recruiting's going well. Seems like they're in a great I place mean, for a lot of defensive players. Yeah. They're 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 literally they have the the number one class in the country officially as yeah. of I think yesterday. I think it's till tomorrow. I th- I think I think yeah. Dylan Rayola is going to Georgia tomorrow or something. But um, yeah, I mean they're doing great. They have a great recruiting class. I'm not mad at recruiting at all. There is some interest stuff on Reggie Powers, who's the Ohio the center for safety. They've offered. There are some talks. They might be holding him off of committing. Uh, right after Georgia commit Peyton Woodyard, who's top 100 player that Ohio State finished second for. Um, decide to visit, uh, which is kind of interesting to see. I don't know. There's some stuff going on there. But they're awesome. The cor- corner is going to be great. Linebacker is solid already. Might take one more guy there or something. Defensive line. 
defensive line is hard to predict, but they are in on a lot of top dudes. They just can't have last year's finish where they miss everyone again. They got to get some guys. Yeah, that's um, that's the thing. Like this, this has me shell shocked. Like last year's finish has me a little shell shocked because it's like, dude, like we, we've we've talked about this. This is probably like the third or fourth time I brought this up. But like you talk about recruiting in April, but like the way that Ohio State was trending towards so many guys even so late in the recruiting cycle only to lose so many recruiting battles at the end. Like it just, I just, it, it has me just feeling not optimistic until I, the kids arrive in uniform in Columbus. Like that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Maybe that's a pessimistic yeah. take, but like, and to be fair, to be fair, there were very, very, very few guys. I think there was one that legitimately flipped like that, like, they like lost or like committed and then like flipped somewhere else that they really wanted to. It was two, right? It was Mark Fletcher and Dijon Johnson were the two okay. that lost the running back the, in the corner, but that's, that's the quarterback too. whatever his name was. That was bad, but it seemed like oh, no, they, 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 they dropped him. They, they dropped processed him. him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Novasad was his name. Lost at Novasad, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Brock Lenz. Sorry. Novasad's yeah, the Brock they wanted Lenz. initially. Brock Lenz, when they took, they dropped him to go get like the key hole. So by the way, his high school basketball highlights right now are insane. I've been watching yeah, very much. I love, I love the him. kids throwing down windmill dunks in game. I love uh, him. He's a, he's a dude, cocky they, motherfucker too. They fucked up. Let us get a crazy ass white boy. They should not have let us got a crazy ass white boy. At, at yeah, Denver. man. I, I am. By the stoked. way, I, I, <laughs> I am stoked. Like to to go from. Um, I mean, right, right now Ohio State has like the whitest quarterback room imaginable. You've got a guy. That's named what I was going to say. Tristan, Kyle, and Devin is Ohio State's yeah. quarterback. And Lincoln right coming in. And Lincoln yeah. coming in. And then and then they're following that up by adding a kid who goes by air. So yeah. I don't know. It's like the, the the dichotomy there is awesome. But like I just love how we're going from like Kyle McCord might be one of the like least controversial, just like like the most like white boy quarterback like they've had. I mean, obviously, in a very long yeah. time. And then immediately, like Lincoln Keenholz is coming in, who is like a grade A shit talker. And then Aaron Oland behind him, who's like a lefty, like guys throwing balls off the uprights while doing a 360, like just weird shit yeah. like that. So, like, I don't know. They, I, I love, they haven't I love had this a pitch. white quarterback start a full season since Todd Beckman, right? Because Joe Bowser lost the job. So, they yeah. haven't had a white quarterback start a full year since Todd Beckman. And it has and to before happen that, this year. Before that, it was. No, maybe because right Craig before Krenzel. Todd Beckman was was Craig Grokin. Yeah, that's true. No, there was a gap. Justin Zwick. Yeah. Justin Zwick. Did he get a full year? No, he didn't. He got benched by Braxton Miller. You're right. That's not Braxton. Uh, Joe Bowser got benched for Braxton. Justin Zwick got benched for. Uh uh-uh. Justin Zwick got benched for. Oh, Troy Smith. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, yeah, Troy Smith. But yeah. but Bowserman also was. Oh yeah, Bowserman was Braxton, and then Todd Beckman played a whole season and then got benched by Terrell Pryor, for Terrell which Pryor, is almost yeah. funnier. <laughs> Which is almost funny. So, <laughs> if we're on track for this, it appears that like either Kyle McCord or Devin Brown are going to be benched for Aaron Nolan next year. Yeah, which would be hilarious. <laughs> they play a whole season, uh, decide to come back, play two games, and then Aaron Nolan gets put in. That would, yeah, God, that would be poetic. <laughs> Dude, I mean, right? I, I tweeted this joke on like Twitter Circle or something, like the Twitter private one, but uh, Ryan Day has gentrified the Ohio State quarterback room faster than they went about possible. It had yeah, been man. like one of the blackest quarterback rooms in America. Took the guy five years to get all white boys in the room. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you talk in like 2014, you had 
for a minute, you had Kenny Guyton, Braxton Miller, Cardale Jones, JT Barrett, like Torrance Gibson. They signed Torrance Gibson to play quarterback too. Like, come Stephen on, Collier yeah, Stephen Collier. Yeah, Stephen Collier. Joe Burrow was in there too, but yeah. And then Tate. Yeah, they, I mean, Joe, Joe, and Tate were in, but it's been it's been a long time. Ryan Day, look, you know he that's his agenda. That's the Ryan Day agenda. He wants to get the white boys in there. Yeah. Um, him, I, I, st- I love I love I was I was texting our good friend DJ after uh after Aaron Nolan committed or maybe even before Aaron Nolan committed and he was like DJ was uh, like just stoked that Ohio State is you know bucking the trend of the all-white quarterback and um he you know he was really excited Ohio State signing a guy named Air and yeah I, I I had to break the news to him that that was actually Ohio State's second pick and I sent him a picture of uh Julian saying and was like, this is, this is the guy who, who Ryan day wanted instead. And he was, uh, he was not super stoked because I mean, saying looks like just the, the most pinnacle white boy that exists. Oh, so, white. so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with air. I, I, I want a Jersey when he ends up at Ohio state that just says, presumably he's going to wear number one. What other, what other number would he wear? But just says one with air on the nameplate. Like that's what I want. I want him to legally change his name so that he can play Ohio State one air on the back. Yeah, Air Force One. That'd be great. Yeah, uh, yeah I can't wait for all the nicknames. His air nest, et cetera. He better be sick. Like he, the guy. I there's no he way is. he's not good, right? Yeah, I think he's he is be sick. But I, I, I really like both Lincoln and Air. Like I, I, I don't too. know. Like Devin Brown is cool. I, I like every quarterback that's going to be the roster the next couple of years, except Kyle McCord. Yeah. Is like boring and kind of pisses me off. The other ones like Devin Brown has some has some cockiness. Uh Lincoln Keynes like is throwing down 360 dunks and windmill dunks. Aaron Nolan is just dripping with swag. Oh man. Uh, I so like I have not been more excited about a quarterback since probably Braxton Miller uh, as I am with Aaron Nolan. And I had to talk myself into it. Cause I, I think I just hadn't watched the tape like as close as I, I had, but like that dude, kid is so good. And, he, and it's not the way he layers that football. He just drops it in there on a fucking bucket. every. So time. What, what, what gets me to is if you watch that offense, it is not like a simple offense. It's not an offense where like he is just like going out and like throwing a simple route or something like that. He has like He's absurd progressions. progressions and yeah. more than that, almost every play maybe not every play, but most plays have some sort of read concept, whether it's a read option or an RPO. And the fluidity of his footwork, it's like he's done it 2,000 times, which he has because he's been a starter since his true freshman season of high school. So that that kid, he has 40 starts after his junior year of high school. And that's how you know, like when he has been that good after, you know, 40 starts, like it's not a fluke. Like you talk about like a, the, the NFL team's talking them into the, like Anthony Richardson after playing one season where he was bad. I don't know, but like reps are King. And this kid has been so good and looks so polished as a junior in high school. Like this is, I don't know. I, I, I am stoked about him. Um, you know, he's, he's a little bit athletic too. Like he, you know, he's capable of running a zone read. He's willing to tuck it down and take some hits and stuff like that. And I, I'm all in, um, I, I I say this again, like I have not been this excited about an Ohio State quarterback since Braxton Miller, who to date is the coolest quarterback to ever play for Ohio State. Obviously, yes, hands down. And Troy's number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Troy, Troy was number two. Troy was just ahead of his time. I feel like 
Like Troy yeah. Smith playing in a modern offense would have been awesome. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm so I'm so looking forward to seeing. I just can't wait to see kind of what becomes of of this quarterback room. But I just I hope the answer isn't just Kyle McCord plays and it's pretty good that goes to the NFL. Like I hope we get something more dramatic than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want a story. Like it's been a while since like the the, the Cardell Jones story that yeah. got told about like I you never want to wish injury on anybody, but like if Ohio State goes through, you know. Devin Brown and State or something. Yeah, yeah. Like Devin Brown storms in and just yeah. And then like Lincoln Keenholz has to like finish the finish the job and like against Alabama and like the playoff or something. Like I just want I yeah. want a narrative. I want a story. Yeah, we're just doing yeah. fan fiction right now. Of this... course, of course. That's what that's what the offseason yeah. is, man. Come on. Yeah, it sounds like a Patrick Murphy story. I uh... <laughs> I remember I I wrote I wrote this article aged aged horrifically, but it was when Braxton Miller, um, I, I I'm not even sure I can find it anymore. But when Braxton Miller announced his position switch to wide receiver, I wrote this article talking about how, God, this is so bad. Um, we were going to see a trend of positionless football. And uh-huh. how Ohio State was. You've been watching the Steph Curry Warriors too much of the time, dude. I, I, that's probably what it was like, just the, the positionless basketball sort of thing. But um, I was talking about, cause Ohio state was bringing in Jalen Marshall who played quarterback. Um, they were bringing in, um, they had Braxton Miller. They had Torrance Gibson, who was just like, obviously like a physical freak who they could put anywhere. And they had this kid named Bruce Judson, who was committed at the time who played quarterback and uh, what they were recruiting. was like an H back sort of thing. And basically my whole thing was like Ohio state's stacking a team full of guys who can play wide receiver running back or throw the ball. And it was going to get to the point where you didn't know what they were going to do on offense. And I was horrifically wrong. Each position has gotten way more specialized than that in recent years. Like it went completely the opposite direction. Like it was completely wrong. Not even, not even almost right. Um, So like I'll I'll take the Torrance Gibson. Torrance Gibson was Anakin Skywalker. He had the power to change it all. And, yeah. uh, but he turned to the dark side, which he did. I mean, you know, creepy non-history tutors. Um, he, uh, <laughs> dude, I was just watching Torrance Gibson highlights this week for some reason. This is so funny. It's coming up, but like, God damn. Imagine if he had been a receiver full time, dude. Oh yeah. He was so good. What my, my, he'd be Jeremiah Smith. My, yeah, he was awesome. My whole take like forever. Um, I thought it was stupid. Urban Meyer seemed like really convinced that he was going to play quarterback. Like, and like, that's why he ended up coming to Ohio state. Cause Urban Meyer, like, like he wanted him to play quarterback. I don't even think that was a bit like, I think urban Meyer really wanted this guy to play quarterback. Um, I think everyone else in the world was like, no, like this is a, you know, this is a future like hall of fame wide receiver. Um, so I, I don't know. I, everybody, but urban Meyer and Torrance Gibson saw him as a wide receiver, but I, I wanted nothing more in the world than to see Joe Burrow throw to Torrance Gibson. And we, we got it. We, we had a Joe Burrow to Torrance Gibson touchdown in the spring game. Did we not? We did, did it? yeah, yeah. He had that spring. He had that great touchdown catch in the spring game. Yeah, it was, it was like right. It was on the. Uh, it was on like the, right on the pylon on the field side yep. of the ball. Field side of the ball. Field side of the field. Whatever. Yep. Uh, we'll always have that. Yeah. Well, one day he's playing like in the CFL or the USFL now. No, it's it's, it's, it's some, way more. It's way it's more sad than that. that. It's like I think regional. Yeah. It's like the second level of arena football or something. Something like that. I I don't remember what it is, but if he could have been sick. I, that's that's what's baffling to me like he was so good like it's not even like like Tate Martell 
I, everybody was excited about him too, but like you could see that, like you could predict that like this undersized guy that really doesn't have a super strong college arm, like kind of fizzles, like that makes sense. But Torrance Gibson, like was a physical freak. And every time you saw him on the field, like he looked like the best and most athletic player on the field. And then like, suddenly he just like is gone. Yeah. Well, he's a great guy. <laughs> we all miss him. Uh, I can't look for his his internship for the Zach Smith podcast. Um, yeah, hey, man. Anyway, it's, you got anything else for us before we sign out of here today? I don't. I think I think we're all good. Um, we can. Uh, shit, did we come up with a new sign off last time, or are we just? Um, uh, we we did something weird. I don't know. Fuck it. I'm just gonna do the 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 original OG one. Shout out to DJ Burns. Go Bucks, Michigan sucks, and help is on the way.